What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody. My name is Destin Adams, and you are listening to The Blue Stable, the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. This is a little bit different. We're starting something new for you guys. So welcome to... The Fantasy Table, um, a fantasy football podcast that is under the Blue Stable umbrella. We're super excited to get this going. Um, You guys listen to me at the Blue Stable. You're going to get to hear my fantasy takes and think how awful they are here as well. Join with me and is going to be here with me every week, Luke Verkamp. What is up, Luke? Hey, guys. Yeah, my name's Luke, and I am the website designer of thebluestable.com. And I have wrote a few fantasy football articles already, and I plan to do more as the season goes along, as the offseason goes along, as we close. And, yeah, I can't wait to share my thoughts with you guys and hear what you have to say. Yeah, so if you ever got on the bluestable.com and thought, man, this thing looks good, Luke for Camp is your guy. He makes other websites. Always hit him up for any needs you have for that. Um, And if you ever looked at the website and thought something was ugly, well, screw you. You're wrong. Um, But we don't have to get into that right now. We don't need to get uh, all messy, but we just want to open up. This is a fantasy football podcast. Me and Luke, we love fantasy football. We talk fantasy football weekly, it feels like, in our DMs. So we just kind of thought, why not? talk about it on air why not talk about it with viewers and listeners and be able to get everyone else's opinions because it's fantasy football season it may be the off season for football but this is this is fantasy football season drafts are going on I'm sure some of you listening have already done drafts I have a draft next weekend um, I have a redraft league coming up soon I have dynasty leagues coming up soon me and Luke we, we play in all kinds of leagues yeah, I got to say, I just had my rookie draft in my Dynasty League this past Sunday, and we actually have that redraft, the two-player keeper coming up with the Blue Stable Riders, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, should that should be a lot of fun, a two-person keeper draft league with our Blue Stable Riders just to be able to get to know each other a little bit better. But the first topic we want to go into in how I just said, we, we play in a lot of different fantasy football formats. I want to hear our favorite and least favorite fantasy format. So Luke, I'm gonna let you go first and I want to hear what your least favorite 
fantasy format is? Least favorite. So yeah, there's a few different ones that I want to talk about. One of my like least favorite draft wise is the auction draft. And even like now I just prefer like an actual snake draft just that way it's kind of more even more fair instead of like just throwing a bunch of people who don't know how to do auction drafts in and bidding um, but for an actual format to me it's two quarterback leagues just because i always enjoy the one quarterback league i know two quarterback makes them more valuable but to me i just always enjoy going to the other positions and not having to worry about quarterbacks as much but that's just my opinion. And I know they're still fun. Like every fantasy football league is fun, but it's just my least favorite out of the bunch. I cannot stand two quarterback leagues. I have been very vocal about it. I've been in group chats recently talking about it. People who wanted to do two quarterback leagues. I think they're terrible. I understand some people think it makes it more the quarterback's more valuable but to me if you're in a 10 or 12 team league you're at the point where you're playing with top 24 quarterbacks I don't want to start Drew Locke in fantasy if it's a 10 team league like get that crap out of here to me it just screws anybody that waits to take their second quarterback and I'm team wait for quarterback in every draft setting Um, I've always been a guy who gets Matthew Stafford in like the ninth or 10th round instead of drafting a Mahomes in round one or two. Um, I just have never seen the value there. And as you guys start to listen to this show, I'm going to use that word value a lot. It's just like what I live by in fantasy is value. And I just can't stand two quarterbacks league, two quarterback league. That would definitely be my least favorite. I can't believe you don't like auction drafts. I mean, they're (laughs) auction drafts to me with, I would agree that if you are playing with any new auction draft kind of people, it can be annoying um, just because they don't really know how and they can take forever with people that don't know what they're doing. But man, it just feels like there's a lot more skill when it comes to drafting an auction style, just because you have to know what you're doing in the beginning to be able to even have money to be able to build the roster throughout. Um, So it it gets really tough. And I've always liked the challenge of it. Yeah, I guess like, if you have a full 10 or 12 league that actually know how to do auction drafts, it's a lot more fun, but basically every situation I've been in is just half of them don't know auction drafts and it just makes for an ugly experience. And then next up we have our favorite one. I'll go ahead and go first on this one. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me. I mean, I've fallen in love with the dynasty formats. Um, I just think there's so much fun and so much, league growing that you can get into dynasty leagues just because of being able to have like the same teams year in and year out trying to I love trading draft picks it just makes it seem all so more realistic to me Um, so much more competition in dynasty leagues it feels like you're not so hindered on injuries um, just because they're going to come back the next season so I've always been someone that just loves dynasty leagues and you'll hear us talk about dynasty leagues a lot on this podcast just because I'm in I'm in four dynasty leagues currently. Um, The longest dynasty that I've been in has now been running for six seasons. Yeah. I got to say my favorite as well is dynasty. I just love the format. And plus I know the biggest knock on dynasty is having the same team for years on out. But the thing is, is like our rookie draft was Sunday and we had 12 trades 
12 trades on Sunday. So your team isn't always going to stay the same because there's always that constant motion of people wanting different players, wanting to change it up, wanting to try something different. Yeah, if, if you don't have people in your league that are willing just to be trade monsters, um, get new people in your league. That sounds boring. I mean, this offseason alone in my main dynasty league, I want to say we've had 13 trades. Then the draft hasn't even happened yet. Like the first pick got traded for already. The second pick got traded for. We're at the point now where the draft isn't even here, but we're pretty sure we know who the top five picks are just because of how many people have traded up for those picks. And we're just waiting to find out who is going to be there and who's going to get taken after. But like, like you said, I just love dynasty, love the format, super excited to draft in my rookie drafts coming up, which takes us to our next topic. And we are actually going to go through and we're going to rank all of our rookies um, for dynasty formats that we deemed draftable for every position that is notable to fantasy. So quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight ends. So this isn't a top 10 list. This isn't a top five list, nothing like that, everybody. This is ranking every rookie at those positions that we deemed draftable. And we're going to start at quarterbacks and um, how many quarterbacks did you did you deem draftable, Luke? So I got eight, but I kind of listed them off into seven groups. So okay. Like there's one group that has two. Okay. So basically, okay, then we can go ahead and just do it as let's let's have you read from eight to five. And then I will – oh, wait, actually, I have eight quarterbacks too. So we, so we're good. Eight and eight, and um, we'll be able to roll with that. So let's go ahead and we're going to do two at a time each. Um, so you're going to do number eight and seven, and then I'll do eight and seven. We'll see how comparable these this is as we work our way up to one. All right, yeah. So my eighth quarterback on the board would be Davis Mills. And that's mainly because of Deshaun Watson situation. So, like, if Deshaun is out, then you push him obviously higher. But as of right now, he's mad number eight. Um, and then at seven, I have Kyle Trask just because of the situation that he's in with the Buccaneers and their skill positions. I feel like that's a great situation to be in. Um, so, I have the same two players, but I have them flipped. So, I have Kyle Trask at eight. Um, I have him under Mills just because I feel like there's less of a chance of him getting any playing time to see what he is this year. Um, but like you said, that Tampa situation, there's a lot of weapons um, learning behind Tom Brady has seemed to be helpful for some of these young quarterbacks that have gone on to get starting quarterback jobs with Jacoby Brissett starting in Indy for a little bit. Jimmy Garoppolo still the starter in San Francisco, at least for right now. Um, so I have Trask at eight and then seven. I have Davis Mills out of Stanford. I just truly think he's going to end up starting games this year. Um, uh, Deshaun Watson is not going to take a snap in Houston. I just don't see it happening. And then Tyrod Taylor, um, I mean, he's he's a guy who starts for a little while but seems to uh, migrate out of that role eventually and let the guys take over. So, I mean, they ended up taking Davis Mills pretty high this past draft. So I'm going to go ahead and say Davis Mills for seven for me. Um, so who do you got at six and five? Well, another thing with the Davis Mills situation is that he was their first draft pick this year. 
it wasn't just like he was an early one. He was their first one of the draft. And also with Watson, people forget that even if this legal situation goes away and Watson doesn't get charged with anything, he still doesn't want to play in Houston. So it's like either way, I don't see Watson starting for them this year. But as a number six, I got Kellen Mond from the Vikings just because who knows how long Kirk Cousins is still going to be there in Minnesota. And if he's out soon, you got Justin Jefferson there, who's probably arguably one of the best young wide receivers in the league. And who Jefferson? Five. five as well. Yeah. Oh, five, five, I got Mac Jones just because I feel like the New England system is a perfect. Uh, I've saw videos of their practice, and he looks like the better quarterback than what Cam has been. So, yeah. um, same, again, same two quarterbacks, but I have them flipped. Um, I actually have Mac Jones at six, and I have Kellen Mond at five. For me, I just love the situation that Kellen Mond is in in Minnesota. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is a guy who could be on the way out of Minnesota that people don't actually think about as much. And I liked Kellen Mond's tape from um, when I was watching it this past year. He has some flaws um, and some some issues in his mechanics and was very a very inconsistent thrower. So he's going to have to get coached up a bit, but he's not going to have any pressure of starting this year. So he's going to be able to sit, learn some of the offense. But maybe we see Kellen Mond earlier than people think um, in, with Kirk Cousins' situation, which is why I have him at five. Mac Jones. I don't think Mac Jones is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, I was pretty low on him in the draft process. People got really upset with me the entire draft process about it. Um, I was just glad he didn't go second, um, so I didn't have to hear about it for years and years to come. But I just don't think he starts this year. I think Cam Newton's going to end up being the starter, and I just don't think his skill set's a guy that I would want to draft in fantasy, even if he was starting right away personally, which is why I had him at six, just below Kellen Mond at five. Um, and who do you got at four and three? Yeah, no, I definitely do not want to draft Mac Jones. If I'm drafting Mac Jones, then there's the problem. But for number four, I have Justin Fields. I think that the Chicago Bears situation is a great situation for him with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Um, they're building up that offensive line. He has the, some rushing upside, not the best, but he still has that upside to him. Um, but for number three, I have Zach Wilson, and I really love Zach Wilson to the Jets. I know Michael on Blue Stable Podcast does not care much for him at all, but he's got great talent, and the coaches are and the New York Jets are actually building around him this time unlike they did for Sam Darnold. Finally, we didn't have the same two players. Um, I have Justin Fields at four as well. Um, I actually love this situation for both Fields and the Bears. Um, and my four and three were really close, kind of like when I was doing my draft rankings as well, because I just think these two players are very close um, when it comes to grading them as prospects. And so I have Fields at four. I like the situation. doesn't look like he's going to start right away. 
Um, but I think he has the skills to be able to succeed in Chicago. And Chicago doesn't exactly have a long list of quarterbacks to get compared to. So, I mean, Fields is not going to have to do much to be a top three Bears quarterback of all time. That's amazing for a rookie. There's no pressure to be any specific person. There's no pressure to go in there and have to follow up some crazy Hall of Famer. He's, he's going in after Mitchell Trubisky. Like there's no pressure on Justin Fields. And I think that's going to be great for him. There's some things he needs to learn um, and things he needs to improve on if he's going to be good at the next level long-term, but I do think he's going to be able to make the adjustment. So Justin Fields at four, three, I have Trey Lance. Um, Trey Lance is a guy that I think has all the talent in the world. He's going to be able to probably sit this year, even though the Niners did trade up pretty solid capital to be able to move up to that two spot and take him, but he's not going to play this year, which is why I have him just below the two spot. Um, But I do think Trey Lance is going to be a stud at the next level. Yeah. Trey Lance, uh, he's at my number two, obviously since we switched that around. Um, But to be honest, just since we're speaking mainly dynasty at this point, since his rookie rankings, I had him ranked two just because I think long-term value, he is, like, amazing just being in that Kyle Shanahan system. Um, Actually, I had him closer to Trevor Lawrence than I did have him for Zach Wilson, and that's just because I love his fit in the 49ers offense with his rushing upside. They have a great rushing attack. I, I just really love the fit. Two for me, I had Zach Wilson. Um, like you were like you were saying, um, with it was you said that you had Tre, Trey Lance closer to Trevor Lawrence than Zach Wilson. I had Zach Wilson closer to Trevor Lawrence than I did Trey Lance. Um, I just think Zach Wilson's gonna he's gonna first of all, he's gonna start day one. Um, that's big for fantasy impact for me because the only two guys on this list that I think are a hundred percent starting day one are Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, um, which is why those are two and one for me. I also think the jets took a lot of steps to be able to help Zach Wilson improve at this next level, which is going to be huge for his development. I hope he doesn't get thrown to the wolves too much this rookie year. Um, I don't know if I'd say that I would draft Zach Wilson to start in my dynasty format, but I would definitely draft and throw him on my taxi squad for the year, be able to hold him um, because I do think you're going to be able to see who Zach Wilson is this year. And some of these rookies, you're not going to have that case. And at one for me and one for Luke is Trevor Lawrence. No shocker, no shocker there. Um, Trevor Lawrence already being deemed the savior of Jacksonville long blonde locks going over to Jacksonville to play quarterback with Tim Tebow at tight end. The only thing that I think is going to hold Trevor Lawrence back is Urban Meyer. And as a Colts fan, got to love Urban Meyer being there because I just truly believe Urban Meyer is going to be terrible. Yeah, for like all the talk that he's had so far this offseason, especially having like that wrestling scene in his office, I thought was a bit odd. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence is number one, no questions, like no comments. It's it's just a done deal. He's best quarterback prospect since luck. Um, 
even if it gets somewhere close to the luck, that's all you need in fantasy. You just need someone that can throw the ball very well, someone who gets touchdowns, and I think that he'll be able to do that in Jacksonville. So this this might be putting you on the spot, so I can go first if you need me to. But in a redraft league, let's say 10-team league, what round would you start considering taking Trevor Lawrence? See, I'm the same way as you, and I'm a big no-quarterback guy to wait till the later rounds. Oh, but taking him in a redraft this year, it probably wouldn't be until, like, the 10th round. But I know he's going way higher than that. Well, somebody, somebody will reach, but I would always oh, yeah. take a rookie that I think will start as my backup in a redraft league. And then if it doesn't work out, I just drop him and sign somebody else for one week. But I mean, I'm a big advocate for not taking a quarterback till the eight to 10th round area. So, I mean, I probably wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence till around the 10th either, but I was just curious. Um, so moving on here to running backs, um, I had seven draftable running backs from this class. How, how many do you have, Luke? I have eight, but the last two are basically the same. I, I grouped them two together. Okay. So then let's do you go eight to five. I'll do seven to five, and then we'll basically be on the same list and then we'll do two at a time after that so i'll go ahead and let you go first and start at eight and go to five yeah so at eight and seven they're basically interchangeable i couldn't i i do lean one way but it's chuba hubbard and kenneth gainwell and the reason for chuba is because he's the guy behind christian mccaffrey and we saw mike davis this past year on how valuable christian mccaffrey's backup is um, with Kenneth Gainwell, it's a mess in the Eagles' backfield right now. But Miles Sanders isn't the healthiest running back in the league. And if Kenneth gets that opportunity, opportunity is king in fantasy. Uh, for six, I have Ramondre Stevenson. I don't like drafting Patriots running backs at all, but I do think he would get a chance at the starting job if Damian Harris or Sonny Michelle do not take it. And for five, I have Trey Sermon. He's a very high upside play in that San Francisco offense, but they love doing their running backs by committee, so that's why I don't have them any higher. For me, Stevens just missed the cut, um, and that's why I only have seven for the draftable spot. Um, but I, at seven, I had I have Chuba Hubbard. Um, like you said, um, we saw what Mike Davis was able to do as the backup to Christian McCaffrey. And, I mean, we hope that McCaffrey is able to stay healthy, but it seems like when running backs get that injury bug, it doesn't leave them. It's something they usually have to battle through the rest of their career. So I have Chuba Hubbard at seven just for that option. Um, I have Kenneth Gainwell at six. Um, like you said, just – I, I think there is some year one impact that we could see, but long-term I do think there are some options for him in Philadelphia. And at five, we have Trey Sermon um, out of San Francisco. And San, San Francisco, I hate drafting. Like you said, you hate drafting running backs from New England. I hate drafting running backs from San Francisco because they – I hate running back by committees. 
Um, I hate drafting him just because you never know what's going to happen week in and week out. But Trey Sermon, I love his game. I love his talent. I think he has the skill set to be a three-down guy in the NFL, maybe not year one, but down the road. And there's so many – there's so many injury prone running backs in San Francisco. I think Sermon will get snaps this year. So that's why I have him at five. So who do you have at four and three? Yeah. Another thing with Chupa Hubbard with Christian McCaffrey, even if Christian McCaffrey doesn't get injured now that we're going to a 17 game season, I'm interested to see how teams play the two running back role. I feel like we're going to have a lot more Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt type teams than we used to before. But as for number four, I have Michael Carter. Uh, volume is king in fantasy football, and I think that Carter has a shot of getting that starting role in the New York offense, and they pass a lot, and Carter is a great receiving back, so I think he would be a great choice for this year, And but the thing is, he's a fourth-round running back, and I'm not sure how much security he'll have long-term. And at number three, I got Javante Williams, and right now he might even move up but as for right now, I'm keeping him at three. I think that he's landing in a great situation with Melvin Gordon only having this year left on his contract. And they traded up into the second to get him. They traded in front of Miami to make sure Miami wouldn't take him from him. So at four, I have Travis Etienne. Um, I think Urban Meyer is an idiot. Um, I, I, I've just been on record not liking Urban Meyer before he was the coach in Jacksonville. Um, I just feel like Urban Meyer doesn't know what he's doing as an X's and O's coach most of the time. Um, I do think he's good at building relationships with players. I think he's been a guy that has shown that in the past. But, I mean, in the NFL, that doesn't mean half of what it did in college. So I'm really interested to see what he does there. There's already reports coming out that he's taking snaps at receiver. Um, They have James Robinson there. I hated the fit for ETN. I wanted him in Buffalo or Miami really, really bad. But ETN at four is where it fell. Um, Three is weird for me. I have a 2A and 2B. Um, So 2B, um, I have Michael Carter um, for the Jets. I think he's going to end up starting week one. And – He's a perfect balance kind of guy for Zach Wilson, who Carter was one of, if not the best pass catching back in this draft this past year. Um, and I think Zach Wilson's going to be able to have that as a crutch this next year. Not much tight end talent um, for the Jets currently. So Michael Carter could end up being that crutch for Zach Wilson this year. And then if you throw that on the on top of the fact that he could be the lead back, I think you could see some Antonio Gibson type of role for Carter year one. And that's why I have him at 2B. And then for two and one for you, where, where are we going? So, yeah, I know we look very, very much on Travis Etienne, but I have him at two. And the main reason is because this coaching staff and management have no ties to James Robinson. So I think that while I can see them doing kind of like a Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt type role with these two backs, I think – I think ETN's more than just a third down back, as Urban Meyer said, or a wide receiver that they're working out. Even if he is, I still think he gets quite a bit of playing time, and he'll be a great asset for the Jaguars. But number one, I think it's consensus almost. It's Najee Harris. He's going to get 200 carries in this 
Pittsburgh offense. I know their offensive line isn't great, but he's going to get all the touches. He's going to get everything. He's going to be the true workhouse work horseback that you value so much in fantasy football. Yeah, for at two, I have Javante Williams, um, and this is two A. Like I said earlier, Michael Carter is my two B. Um, already reports coming out that Williams is pretty much going to be the starter. Um, and it's already early on, and they're being able to notice that. I mean, you you could tell when you just turn the guy's tape on. He oozes talent. He has it. He he has it for the NFL. And being able to start day one, I mean, that's going to be very valuable um, in fantasies options. I mean, he, I, he should be a first round lock in any dynasty format, even if it's only eight teams. Um, he should be going round one. And I would take him over ETN. I really would. I mean, there's a reason I have ETN at four, and I know people are going to disagree with it. I liked ETN coming out of college a lot. I had him as my number two running back. I hate where he went. I hate the fit. I hate how he's going to get used. And I really, really hope they don't ruin ETN because I really do think he could be a special player. And one is Najee Harris. I, I, like you said, he's the amount of work that man's going to get and how talented he is, he has to be one. He's going to be the number one pick in just about every dynasty league, I'm sure. Um, maybe people are taking Kyle Pitts over him, but uh, any other option is just silly. You're overthinking it. Now, the only thing that could hold him back, the Steelers' offensive line has a lot of question marks still, and I'm not sure how much work he's going to get as a pass catcher right away, but people have the similar thing to say about Jonathan Taylor. and he came out year one having that ability. So we'll see what happens, but Najee Harris needs to be the number one. Yeah, I do agree that Najee should be like the number one overall pick, but there are cases to make for Kyle Pitts being the number one overall, which it happened in our rookie draft this past Sunday. And the main reason was, is because a guy who traded for the one one traded away Kelsey to get it. So Obviously, it's more than just the one-on-one, but he traded away Kelsey to get Kyle Pitts plus. If he is listen, if he is listening right now, I would love to hear his reasoning. Did he just give up Travis Kelsey straight up for Pitts? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't straight up. It was one-on-one. It was like in next year's first, and I know the other guy got the one-on-two, so he ended up getting Najee as well. So it was like Najee and Kelsey for Pitts. Next year's first, and I forget there's one other part in this trade, guy. But... This guy moved up one pick and got rid of Kelsey for the one. Yep. yep. Wow. If you're listening, I was shocked by it. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I understand it. Slightly, I hope, I hope but... you're happy. But moving on to receivers, I have I have twelve that I deemed draftable. Yeah, I have fourteen, but the ones at the bottom. I'm, they're basically taking flyers on them. Hey, which is fine. Um, everybody's different on their ranking. So let's let's go ahead and have you go 14 to 10 on yours, and then I'll go 12 to 10, and then we'll basically be able to do it the same the rest of the way through. So go ahead and do 14 through 10. Yeah, so 14, I got 2-2 two, two Atwell, and – the main reason for that is just I think that he is going to try to be that Tavon Austin role for the Rams that they never got from Tavon Austin. Um, Matt Stafford's there, which is great for him. That's a great situation to be in. But 
but he also has Cooper Cup and Robert Woods ahead of him. So I'm not sure how much playing time he'll get. So that's why I would take a flyer on him, but I wouldn't take him over a lot of players in this draft. And then at 13, I got Josh Palmer just because he's playing on the Chargers with Justin Herbert. Mike Williams, this is his last year on his rookie deal. I think he's probably gone after this year. And, yeah, it would be great to have a number two receiver for Justin Herbert that will get playing time, will get the targets. For 12, I have Nico Collins. And the main reason I have him so low, I really like him. But the reason I have him so low is just because of that Houston offense. I just, with Deshaun not playing most likely, I just don't see much value in that offense. Um, number 11, I have Amari Rodgers. And I just love it because Green Bay, as long as Rodgers is playing there, I want shares of that offense. And then at number 10, I have Dwayne Eskridge. And that's just because you got Russell Wilson as a quarterback. I think he'll get playing time. I don't know how much, just because he already got two very good receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But I think that he still will get some playing time in those three receiver sets. So this is the position where we're going to be different. I'm just going to warn you now, we're going to hear a lot of different names um, on these lists. So I'll start at 12 and go up. Um, at 12, I have Des Fitzpatrick from Tennessee. They took him a little bit higher than some other people think um, that he should have went. They did just add Julio Jones. But to me, Julio Jones, even though isn't as injury prone as people on Twitter want you to believe, is a guy that struggles to play all 17 games. Um, even if you miss a game here and there, that's a game Des Fitzpatrick's going to get more snaps. A.J. Brown had a, had surgery on both knees this offseason. That would worry me as an A.J. Brown owner in fantasy. Um, and as a Tennessee Titans fan, if I was one, thank God I'm not, but if I was one. Des Fitzpatrick's really that next guy up on the outside. There's not a lot of depth on this roster, on the Titans roster. So I do think he's going to get more snaps than people think. And they, ha- they have a little bit of belief in him. They took him a little bit higher than most people thought he would go. At 11, I have Amon St. Brown out of USC. Um, this really just comes in the fact that he's going to be on the Lions. There's not a lot of receivers there. I'm not a big Jared Goff guy, but he has to throw the ball to somebody. (laughs) And the receiver room in Detroit right now just isn't good. And I think Amon St. Brown has the talent to be able to lead that room and do it well. So I have him at 11. And at 10, I have Terrence Marshall. Um, I have him at 10 just because he he ended up in Carolina. um, And what he's going to do is going to be behind DJ Moore and probably behind Robbie Anderson on the outside. So I think he might, and both those guys are guys that really don't miss much time injury wise, at least so far in their careers, knock on wood. So I just have to put him at 10 just because I think he's really talented. And I know my co-host from the blue stable, Michael Tarazas is probably yelling if he's listening to this podcast right now about how low I have Terrence Marshall, but I just don't like the fit of where he ended up. I like the talent. He fell a little bit in the draft. So Terrence Marshall at 10. So who do you have at nine and eight? Yeah. So at nine, I got, I'm on Ross Brown. 
for the same reasons that you had, because I think the top two receivers in that offense is Rashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams right now, which is not a great one-two punch. And so I think he has plenty of chance to get one of those starting spots and get a lot of targets in this offense. And then at number eight, I have Kadarius Toney, which I know they took him in the first round, but there's a lot of mass to feed in the New York Giants offense right now. And I do think that maybe down the line he'll have more value, but as of right now, I don't see there being very much value in him right now. So at number nine, I have Nico Collins. Big Nico Collins guy. Even though he went to Houston, I just don't think there's a lot of skill position players that are going to need targets, that are going to demand targets in this Houston offense. Brandon Cooks is still a really good football player. He's there, of course. But Nico Collins is a guy they, they also drafted pretty early. Um, they, they, they pretty much went offense um, like they knew that their quarterback situation was up in the air or something. And I think Nico Collins is a guy that could get work right away. I think they're going to be a pretty bad football team, and usually that means they're going to let their rookies play um, just to be able to get those snaps in, see what they have in these kind of guys. So I have Nico Collins at nine. And at number eight, I have Rondell Moore just because – there's a lot of receivers in Arizona. Um, I am not the biggest fan of his height. I'm five, seven. I, I don't ever want to say a guy can't succeed because of how little he is at the next level, but five, seven is small. And I, I being an Indiana guy, I'm not a Purdue fan by any means go Hoosiers, but loved watching Rondell Moore play plays a lot bigger than five, seven. Hopefully he's able to get playing time, but I just don't know how many snaps he's going to be able to get this next year. So who do you got at seven and six? Yeah, at seven, I actually have Rondell Moore. And the main thing is he's a freak athlete. Like like you said, he was great at Purdue. Um, I think that he could take over the Larry Fitzgerald role once Larry's officially done. Or is he done already? I don't think. Everyone thought he was going to retire, but he never really announced it. And yeah, so, I mean, he's on the roster. Yeah, so the Cardinals, they seem to be playing small ball by having Kyler Murray, now Rondell Moore, and Chase Edmonds is probably going to be a starting running back. I know he's like a shorter starting running back as well. But I think Rondell Moore would be great in the slot for the Cardinals, um, and that's the reason why I have him at this point. And then at six, I have Terrace Marshall up this way. And I know you're not a big fan of him, but I think that he's – this actually isn't a bad fit for him because Robbie Anderson, this is the last year of his contract with the Panthers. And I know he has a good uh, good connection with Sam Darnold, but I could see them letting him walk. Uh, Curtis Samuel left this offseason, and he left a bunch of targets, which I know Christian McCaffrey is going to take a lot of those targets – but I think Terrace Marshall will fit in there and has the potential to be the number two next year. So at seven, I have Amari Rogers. You said him early earlier. Um, personally, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get a new deal in Green Bay. The situation may seem awful, but money talks, money fixes almost all problems. There was a time this offseason that everyone was saying there was a 90% chance that Russell Wilson was going to get moved. And no, it, it doesn't even seem like it happened anymore. It, it was just so easily removed. It's no longer an issue. 
And that's what I really think is going to happen in Green Bay. I think it's going to be all right. I think it's everything's going to work out. And I like Amari Rodgers as the prospect. And I he, he's going to be a guy that I think is going to get snaps. I mean, there's not a lot of great receivers in that Green Bay room. Obviously, Devontae Adams, to me, is the best receiver in football, personally, especially fantasy-wise with Aaron Rodgers on the field. And I think Amari Rodgers can slide in and be the right there on the other side. Um this just seems like everyone always wants to add whoever they think is going to be the number two in Green Bay in fantasy. So if you're one of those people and you're listening to me, that's Amari Rogers this year. I think that's who's going to be there. I think he's going to be talented enough to have that role. And at six, I have Kadarius Tony. I like Kadarius Tony, the player. I was very, I thought it was a very questionable fit for New York, but I do think there are some options where they are, they could end up moving either Darius, um, not Darius, yeah, Darius Slayton um, or Sterling Shepard during the season. Um, they went out and signed Kenny Galladay. I also think you can use Kadarius Tony in a lot of ways. Um, I think you're going to be able to use him a little bit in a little flex type of role. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he carries the ball out of the backfield a few times this next year. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see how they use Kadarius Tony. I think he's uber talented, and he's a guy that I would definitely try to stash in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, I think that he could be pretty similar to a Curtis Samuel with the Panthers last year. Get put in a lot of packages. All right, for the next two, for number five, I feel like our top five are going to be pretty similar. (laughs) Um, But at number five, I got Rashad Bateman, and I think immediately he's just going to be the best receiver on that offense. I think that he – it definitely won't be the same, but he could be similar to like how Diggs was for Josh Allen and could help unlock that passing offense more than what it currently is. And then number four, Elijah Moore. I know many people aren't drafting Elijah Moore as the fourth receiver in fantasy, but I just love his fit in this Jets offense. They're going to pass a lot. He's very quick. He's it would be great for the he's going to be great for the Jets. And plus I love those rookie connections, and I think that's what the Jets are going to have. I mean, we saw what Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton did. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to be Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, but I think that they could get some magic that you will want to have on fantasy. So, finally, we have the same two players in the same two positions. Um, I have Rashad Bateman at five and Elijah Moore at four. Rashad Bateman, for me – I think it was a good pick for Baltimore. They needed to get a guy that could be a consistent receiving option for Lamar. And Malcolm Brown just hasn't been that. I know he likes to complain that he's not used. uh, Marquise Brown, I apologize, that he's not used correctly. But, I mean, he he disappears in games. Not because he's just short, but he literally disappears. Yeah, I feel like he'll be better as a number two than he will be as that number one. I I agree, and I really like Mark Andrews. So hopefully those three can find a way to figure out that situation there. And then Elijah Moore, if you follow me on Twitter, my page the entire draft season was an Elijah Moore stan account. Love Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore was the best line of scrimmage receiver from this past draft class. He made – Slot corners, nickel corners, however you want to call that position, looks silly in college. And it was the SEC. It's not like he was playing at BYU like Zach Wilson was against corners. He was doing this against some of the top corners in the nation. Elijah Moore is a guy that I think has it all to his game. He's going to be able to come in and be that 
blanket um, for Zach Wilson. Again, rookie quarterbacks usually like to use the pass catching running backs or a tight end, not a really great tight end situation in New York right now, but having that little slot type receiver to be able to just pass down to when you need, I think he's going to have a lot of catches and PPR, especially Elijah Moore. I would buy that stock heavily. Yeah. In PPR, he's just going to be dynasty gold. I think he's just going to get so many targets in the offense there. And then go ahead now, and just do your last three. So three to one. Top three. Yeah. So for three and two, I feel like they're closer than what they are to number one. And I think that's the same on everyone's board. But at three, I got Jalen Waddle. And I just think that he can be a home run wide receiver for Tua. And a lot of this just depends on how much Tua progresses this year. Uh, at number two, I got Devonta Smith. I think that he is just going to be a target monster in Philadelphia because all they have right now is Dallas Goddard. I'm going to assume that Zach Ertz is either going to be released or traded. And then they also have Jalen Rager. But he'll definitely be the top receiver in that offense. I know people are concerned about his size, but he's a Heisman winner. He, he did it in college. He can do it in the NFL as well. And then number one, I think this is – consensus on everyone's board but it's jamar chase he was the best wide receiver in this class and he's gone back with joe burrow where they made magic happen at lsu yeah so i mean i have the same three in the same order um i have jalen waddle at three smith at two chase at one um waddle and smith are close Honestly, I gave Smith the nod because I tr- I I don't know I didn't think I'd ever say this. I trust Jalen Hurts more than I trust Tua in the NFL. Um, I just whenever I've watched Tua, he just does not look like he has the confidence. He doesn't look like he has what it takes to be an NFL quarterback to me. I know it's early. He was a rookie last year, but they they really felt like they had to just put in a closer for him, even when they were trying to start him at the end of the year. They did not trust him to close games. The locker room didn't ever have any complaints about him getting benched. To me, I just have my worries there. Um, And I like Waddle, the player. He was my number two receiver, actually, above Smith in the draft process. If If he was healthy, completely healthy on draft day, he probably would have been closer to one than two than three for me. Um, I mean, Chase still would have been my one, but I think Waddle is just a special talent. I think if Tua can unlock his abilities, Waddle can be that guy for him. Devontae Smith at two. Devontae Smith is a stud, ridiculous player, ridiculous talent, being able to go somewhere that he has some familiarity with. And Waddle has that with Tua as well, but Smith um, knowing hurts a little bit already, having that Crimson Tide connection. And I, I actually liked what I saw from Jalen Hurts down the stretch last year. I think he has the arm talent. He's always had the confidence as a person and a player. So I'm really interested to see how he is as the full-time starter this next year. And Chase at one, I mean, we saw Burrow and Chase. It was electric in college, and I think they're just going to step right back into it. A lot of mouths to feed in Cincinnati, but A.J. Green's gone. There has to be a lead dog. And I think that's Jamar Chase. I think it is straight up. It's who it's going to be. Um, T. Higgins looked good last year. Tyler Boyd's been a very consistent piece there. But Jamar Chase is going to be front and center. I just don't see a way that Burrow does not feed that man. And then last but not least, the tight end 
position for dynasty drafts. I have nine that I deemed draftable. How about you, Luke? I'm at seven, so you got me beat on this one. Okay, so I'll go first this time then. And finally, I had more than you. I feel like I was just grading so harshly before we get to tight ends apparently. But I have more, so we're let's go – I'll do nine to seven, and then you'll do eight and seven, and then we can do two at a time, basically. I have seven. <laughs> I don't have eight. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so then I'll do nine to six, and then I'll let you do eight to six. So at nine, I have Kenny Uboa out of Ole Miss. Um, I like the fit. Um, I believe he ended up signing with the Jets. And like I said earlier, there's not a great tight end room in New York. I liked his skill set. He was a guy that I wouldn't have been upset with coming to Indy. I I wouldn't have. And um, he ended up going to the Jets. I would love for him to get playing time year one. I'm not sure if he will. But because of how thin that tight end room is, I'd be willing to snag Kenny. Yeah, Chris Herndon, he was supposed to be the guy years ago. I used to draft him in a bunch of different leagues, but he's never turned out to be anything. Yeah, the Jets are, the, yeah, the Jets are going to have a similar offense to the 49ers, so they're going to want to use a tight end or two in their system. Yeah, so maybe he'll get those snaps. Um, eight for me is Hunter Long. I'm not the biggest Hunter Long guy. I hope he gets some – but he, he was drafted high enough, and I think he's going to have some – solid chances to get snaps this next year. I don't have much to say on Hunter Long. I think he's a better blocker um, than people give him credit for, but that doesn't really help us in fantasy world now, does it? Um, so that's just really all I got to say about him. But I do think he gets more snaps than Kenny, which is why I gave him the nod at eight. Seven is Brevin Jordan. <sighs> why is he a Texan? I hate it. Why is this man a Texan, Luke? Um, but – was a big Brevin Jordan guy the entire so draft process. Um, I think he was quicker than his testing showed. Um, it did come out that he was going through some injuries there for the testing systems, but I think Brevin Jordan could get snaps. Um, if it is a rookie quarterback, maybe it's Tyrod Taylor. I think he could get used um, if he is right away, and I like Brevin Jordan. And at number six, I have Trey McKitty out of Georgia. Again, I just think he could get snaps right away. Um, and, I mean, I don't have it written next to this or look it up, but I believe he's on the Chargers, right? He is, yes. And, I mean, Hunter Henry, gone. Um, they they got to figure out those snaps. So They signed Jared Cook. They did the sign thing. Jared Cook. He is 95 years old, um, <laughs> roughly. Roughly. So, I mean – Trey McKinney's there, a second-year quarterback, big arm, second-year quarterback. Trey McKinney was a really good blocker in college. It wasn't the biggest vertical threat, but if he can use his big body and learn how to use it well, he could be a pretty solid goal line piece for the Chargers this next year. So that's why I have him at six. Yeah, so I actually have the same seven and six as what you do with Brevin Jordan at seven and – yeah, I'm the same way. Like, why Houston? He, he's like one of the top tight ends in this draft. 
and he just had to be I had him I had him ranked as my number two tight end overall I don't care where he was drafted I don't care if everyone wants to call me wrong <laughs> love his skill set literally mirrors Johnny Smith to me yeah it, it's so unfortunate that he had to go to Houston where miraculous watch stock will go up a little bit but not much and at six Trent Kitty Obviously, they signed Jared Cook. He's going to be there this year. But next year, which tight ends, I will have to say, tight ends, you always need to wait a year or so before you can actually get some decent production out of the tight end position. So waiting a couple of years and letting him develop behind Jared Cook will be great for McKitty, especially in that Chargers offense. At number five, I have Zach Davidson. This was one of my favorite fits of the entire draft. Um, Zach Dave draft process, I should say. Uh, Zach Davidson going to the Vikings. Um, Kyle Rudolph now with the Giants. There's there's an opening. You um, you can find your way in there. I mean, Irv Smith was drafted a few years back. Some people might want to buy Irv Smith stock, but he's been there, and I've just not been uber impressed by him. So, and I like Zach Davis in the prospect. I think he can come in and be a vertical threat in the NFL. Hope the best that he he can get those snaps at five. And I'm a big Irv Smith guy. Hey, bigger. So if I said it's it's okay, it's okay. You can be wrong. It's whatever. (laughs) Uh, And at four, I have Kylan Granson for the Colts. I just think he's going to be a plug and play guy in the Trey Burton role last year. And Carson Wentz is going to throw to tight ends to me more than Phillip Rivers did. So I'm really excited to see how they use Granson year one, because I really do think he has year one potential, but I also think there's some things in his game. They may want to polish and move into fact, but, very few head coaches use tight ends more than Frank Reich. Yeah, so at five, I have Hunter Long up here. And the main reason for that is Gusecki's on the last year on his rookie contract. And while I think Gusecki is a great tight end, I don't know if the Dolphins are going to re-sign him. The word great so is excessive. I really like him. I think he's very athletic. I know he I he's hasn't soft. shown it. Yeah, yeah. I guess great is a bit too much, but for tight end wise, he's great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that he'll be that Kaseki replacement next year, and getting that, like I said, tight ends. You're never starting a tight end year one unless it's like a Kyle Pitts. So getting that experience behind Kaseki will help a lot. And then at four, I also have Colin Granson. From everything I've heard, the Colts just love him so far. And I think he's going – as of right now, he's the most athletic tight end in our room. And if we don't get Zach Ertz, he's going to be the closest thing to Zach Ertz as we're going to get him. Um, so let's go ahead and just do three to one to finish out the tight ends. Um, for three, I have Pat Fryermouth. Um He's a Pittsburgh Steeler. I think there's a really good fit there to be able to use him right away opposite of Eric Ebron. So I think he's going to get those high snaps. The biggest thing of why I have him at three and not two. First of all, I love the guy who's at two on my list and three big Ben. I just don't know. Like there's so many questions about big Ben, whether or not he can be the same, whether or not he can produce in general. Um, 
I hope for the NFL that Big Ben's able to um, take a take a step forward from what last year was, and it was just injuries because it always sucks to see those old these old vets that are going to be Hall of Famers start that decline. But if it's if it's his time, it's his time. And at number two, I have Tommy Trimble. I loved Tommy Trimble throughout the draft process. Would have loved him in Indy, but I, the thing I loved even more was his fit in this Carolina Panthers offense. Tommy Trimble, to me, has an opportunity to play right away. Uh, I think he could be a guy that Sam Darnold uses, and Sam Sam Darnold uses especially in the red zone. I hope Tommy Trimble has year one potential. But either way, I would love to stash Tommy Trimble. He's one of those guys I have highlighted that I want to draft. So if you're in any leagues with me, turn this off right now. I didn't say it. This is not a thing I want to do this year. And then at one, the obvious, Kyle Pitts. He's an animal. He's ridiculous. I'm trying as hard as possible to get him in every league I have. Not every league, but at least one of my dynasty leagues. I'm at, I'm at pick three in a couple leagues, and I really thought I was going to find a way to get it because I thought somebody would take Chase over him. Nobody's even thinking about it. I, there's a guy who's drafting at two in one of my leagues that already has Darren Waller and is still – Taking Kyle Pitts at two. That's that 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 takes a uh, wow. I'm 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 shocked. It's, har- it's heartbreaking. It is me just looking yeah. at three, seeing he has Darren Waller, and still taking Kyle Pitts. I gotta say, funny story, but way before the draft process, I I was sitting at 106, hoping that some way Kyle Pitts would fall to me. But alas, he went one overall. So there's one oh six. Yeah, no no chance there. No dice. Yeah, no dice. But yeah, for my top three, I actually have two and three switched from what you had. And it for me, it's like a two A two B type play. Tommy Tremble's at three for me, and he has like zero competition there at Carolina. I think Dan Arnold is their best tight end right now, and. And they, didn't like, and, they, I say, and they didn't like him as much as people would think. I know um, Rashad McGinnis, who was with, with me on the Blue Stale podcast, if you guys are listening here, um, big Dan Arnold guy, loves Dan Arnold. But, I mean, what did he get from Carolina? He ended up getting like a two-year, $3 million $3 contract. Million. I got to say, I don't know if you saw that video that came out of that. His, his, his agent um, yeah. um, fighting for him and all that stuff. I did watch that video, but – I mean, like you said earlier, most teams are using two tight end sets, and I think Tommy Trimble does a lot that Dan Arnold can't do, especially um, physically. Um, so we'll, we'll see what all happens. But Dan Arnold is a pretty fast tight end. I'll give him that. He is, yeah. I got to say, he did well. I, I'm not going to say he's a nobody because he's not. I think he's still going to get snaps there in the Carolina offense, but I, I really like Tommy in this Carolina offense. I think he's going to be a great safety blanket for Darnold. At two, I got Pat Fryermuth. The only question mark I have about him, who's going to be the quarterback of the future? Because, yeah, I think he can be. I think he can be a good tight end, but the thing is, is that we don't know who's going to throw the ball to him. And Big Ben, as we saw last year, he's not going to be able to throw this ball forever. Uh, but number one, yeah, it's it's Kyle Pitts. There's no question about it. He's just on a whole tier by himself. There could be three tiers in between him and. Him. Number two, that especially after that Julio Jones trade, that just sent his stock to the moon. And 
I don't think there's any question that he is going to be one of the top three selections in rookie drafts. <sighs> top three. Why would you say that to me? He's not going top three. He's going top two because everyone's stingy. Even if you have a tight end, you're taking Kyle Pitts in the top two. It feels like there's no chance at Destin getting a guy at three that he really wants, but Super excited for the fantasy season. I'm super excited for this podcast. I mean, I love fantasy football, and I'm really excited to be able to talk this weekly, just be able to get into it. And when the season gets started, this should be really fun. Um, so we went oh, through – It's going to get crazy once say, the season starts. Oh, yeah. We went through our rookie dynasty rankings today. Um, next week, I think we're going to focus a little bit more on positional rankings in general, just going over a few of those so you guys can hear that. But we're going to be here every single week. Um, you guys can catch us on Wednesdays. It'll drop Wednesday mornings each week. And we're super excited to get into this. Um, we want to hear Don't questions. Forget. Don't forget, we got Rashad joining us next week as well hopefully. yeah and there will be that. there will be a third host of the blue stable fantasy table and his name is the one and only rashad mcginnis he couldn't make it today but we're super excited for him to get in the get in the booth with us and grind out this fantasy football with us but yeah, but we want to hear from you guys. We want to we want to hear questions. I want you guys to, during the season to send us stardom or sitems. Um, we we want to be able to move through those with you guys, and we're super excited to go through it. But if you're not already, make sure you're following Luke and you're following me on Twitter. My Twitter is Destin underscore Adams fourteen, and then Luke, what is your Twitter? Yeah, my Twitter is big big for camp. So there you go. Pretty simple. Not little. Ver camp, big ver camp, but make sure you're also following the blue stable at the blue underscore stable. Check us out on the blue We have articles, we have our podcasts. And as we said earlier, we are the official Colts podcast of fan cited. And we're super thankful for everybody for listening, subscribing, watching, and we'll be back here next week. And this isn't the Colts podcast, but we always have to say it. Go Colts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.